Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father Almighty God, tonight we come before you as a family. And we ask, O oh Lord, that as you have done thus far and will do going forward, we ask you to open your word to us. Eternal Rock of Ages, all, the all-seeing and the all-knowing God, we ask you to be kind. Holy Spirit, you are our teacher. We ask, Father, that you crown tonight with not only your word, not only revelation, but crown tonight with miracles. Eternal Rock of Ages, in Jesus' most holy name, we pray. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to do today um, is we're going to be taking questions. So we've been dealing with healing over the last three weeks, and I hope you've really, really been blessed. So if you, uh, but we haven't had much time to take questions. And so today we'll take questions, as many as you can. Um, so please pop them into the chat. I, um, that's the best way to do it. So if you put them in the chat, and then we will kick off from there. Um, if this is your first time of joining, we really hope you've had a good time and we will get you up to speed. And so, yes, so ladies and gentlemen, any you have, pop them into the chat and then we'll pick up. Um, so this is how we'll wrap up this session. Um, God has a few surprises for us, I'm sure. Um, I really, I am sure. And so we'll go from there. So please put your questions into the chat. Um, and then we did mention this last week, so. If hopefully you've got some ready and then we'll pick it up from there. Okay, um, while we're waiting to do that, um, let me just get my, my Bible out. And then also, so if you have any questions on any of the weeks or any questions that you've been wanting to ask, please pop them into the chat and then we will go from there. Um, we'll pick it up. And then we'll go from there. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll give you a few minutes to do that. Um, while you're doing that, we, one of the things that we spoke about um, during the, um, just at the end of last week was the miracles, looking at the miracles of Jesus. We looked at one of them was um, Jesus walking on water. That's where we wrapped it up. And that's where we looked at the way the Lord transfers things to us and he transfers things to us by his word. And so, okay, tonight, if there are no questions, then we will literally move on to something else. So if you just let me know if no one has a question, that's absolutely fine. Then we'll move on to something else and we'll, we'll literally start the next session tonight. Um, so I'll give you a couple of minutes. Ah, okay. I've got a very good question. Um, and, and by the way, if, if you know how to use Zoom, if you don't want everybody to see your question, you can send it to me privately. So where you get the question, rather than send it to everybody, send it to me privately. Okay, um, this is a nice question. Is having, um, is having no children, necessarily a curse or sickness or working against God's plan. So um, having no children, let's settle something. So let's find out, is it God's intention or God's will for families to have children, for ladies to have children? It is, let's have a look at that. So let's start there. And then we'll look at a couple of examples um, and so let's have a look at a couple of examples. And so please, if you can, let's see, um, we can have a look at where it started and, and we'll break it down. It's, it's a very, it's an interesting question. And so first let's have a look. So let's go to Exodus, Exodus 23, where the Lord speaks about it directly. Okay, um, Exodus 23 verse 25 and 26. And so, Let's put that in context. And the Bible says, and you shall serve the Lord your God and he shall bless your bread and your water 
and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Then the Bible says, there shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in thy land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. So we also realize that when the Lord was speaking, actually he was speaking to um, Adam and Eve in Genesis 3, he's speaking to Eve about conception. Therefore, we realize that it is God's desire for people to have children. Now, when ladies do not have children, there are a variety of reasons. First, you can be physically ill. That means there are, are so many medical reasons. Um, so, so many medical reasons. And so you can be physically ill and we acknowledge that. There are lots of reasons. Some of the more common ones are um, more talked about, but there can be lots of reasons where a lady does not get pregnant. So it's it could be a sickness. Could it be the element of a curse? Now, let me explain a curse. A curse is where something spiritual, that means something invisible is working against God's plan or purpose to cause something that God wants to happen and it's stopping it to happening. That's what it curses. It, it's a limiting factor. So where somebody has, where something has been said or done, can that happen? Yes, it can. Now we realize that that can be um, a generational issue. What we'll have a look at is we'll look at what the first example of um, childlessness or barrenness and we'll look at what the bible says there so can it be that or can it when you say uh, the person has asked could it be working against god's plan the bibles if god has placed it in the heart of a lady to have children it's his plan for you to have children so we know that it is his will so we are dealing with one or the other and so how do we approach that? And we approach this very, very sensitively. So let's have a look um, and let's have a look. And hopefully what we're about to, to, to look at is the fact that you can hold on to the Lord for children. You absolutely can. And so let's have a look at that. Um, so let's have a look at the fact of if it is an illness, can God heal it? So let's 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 see whether um, turn with me to the book of Genesis, chapter eighteen. Um, not chapter eighteen, sorry, chapter twenty. Genesis twenty. So let's go to twenty. All right. The Bible says Genesis twenty verse seventeen. Now the Bible says so. Abraham prayed unto God and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maidservants and they bore children. For the Lord had fast closed up the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Now, this was a case where God healed. So a sickness had come upon Abimelech because Abimelech had crossed, um, had taken... Abraham's wife, and so a judgment had come upon his family. The Bible says Abraham prays, and the Bible then says God heals. So if there is any sickness, and we're going to have a look at if there is any sickness regarding um, childlessness, God can and will heal. We know that. We know that because in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we have healing, restoring to an original state. That's the first thing. Now, what if it's the, ish, the element of a curse or a challenge? And now this is, this is interesting. Um, the reason I say it's interesting, the first case of childlessness in the Bible was a case where it was obviously a spiritual challenge. So it was a limitation that had come upon a family because of something that had been done. So let's have a look at that, those four cases. And hopefully God will give people some hope and respite tonight as we believe God for 
children. So the Bible says Sarah is the first person in the Bible that is recorded as barren. No indication as to why she's barren. The Bible just says she has no children. But come, um, she has no children. So let's have a look at the fact that it was a family challenge. So this is a curse. Now, let's have a look at this is the first. So what we're dealing with now is a curse. So let's have a look at how God um, heals Sarah. And then we'll come to the cause. Come with me to Genesis 21, verse 1. Genesis 21, verse 1. And the Bible says, and the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. So let me give you some context. Abraham marries Sarah. She doesn't have a child. They wait for a child for 25 years. In Genesis 18, um, okay, so in Genesis 18, but let's pause for a moment. Let's take our declaration. Oh Lord, we are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves and we pray and seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus' name, we pray. We declare our land is healed in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Okay. Amen. Well spotted. Okay. So let's go back. So if childlessness is a sickness, God can heal it. We realize that. The Bible says that when Abraham prayed, God healed Abimelech and his family. We realize that. But now let's look at the case where there is no reason in the physical. So now we are dealing with what we call a curse or a generational limitation. Sarah is the first one. Abraham goes, marries Sarah, and she is barren. Nobody says why. The explanation doesn't come up until much later, and I'll show it to you. So God comes to Sarah and says, you will have a child. I'll come back at a particular season, and I will make happen what they have stopped happening. So Genesis 21 verse 1 to 2 says, the Lord visits Sarah. This is where we see a visitation. A visitation is where the Lord covers a person literally, he creates, um, he literally comes and solves something. So the first time we see God heal and heal barrenness, he visits. Okay, so that is, and I'm going to pop them in the chat so you have a, a list. And I really hope the list helps. So the first thing we see is when God is dealing with barrenness, God visits. And I'll put the scripture there, Genesis 21 one to two okay so follow me now come isaac abraham finds a son for finds a wife for his son isaac and he goes back to his family the family he came out so they go back to his family and a lady called rebecca comes um okay a lady called Rebecca comes, lovely story, lovely girl, has done absolutely nothing wrong, and they find out that she is barren. So this is one generation, and a second generation is also barren. But come with me to Genesis 25, verse 21. So I'll put it in the chat. So this is now Rebecca, and... Genesis 25, 21, this is Rebecca, and the Bible says the following, treated the Lord. So God heard Isaac's prayer. So this time he didn't visit, he heard the prayer. So this time is Genesis, and let me put that in. So Genesis 25, 21. Follow me along. So can it be a curse? Yes. Can the curse be broken? Yes. So we're having a look. So we've seen two places. So God visits the first one. Then 
God hears Isaac's prayer, the second one. And the Bible says, and Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him and Rebecca, his wife, conceived. Now, I'm going to read this, ladies and gentlemen. So bear with me for a moment. I'm going to read this same verse um, in the Amplified Bible. Genesis 25, 21. Um, the Amplified, not the classic, the Amplified version. So I'm going to get the Amplified up. That's that's it thank you yes so i'm going to read genesis 25 21 in the amplified bible isaac prayed to the lord for his wife because she was unable to conceive children nobody said why but she was just unable and the bible said and the lord granted his prayer and rebecca his wife conceived twins so let's settle something. This lady couldn't have children. She's a second generation. And the Lord heard Isaac's prayer. And she conceived twins. So if anybody out there is believing God for twins, may God grant it to you as you pray. This third time. So we come to the third generation. The third generation, Jacob, who is Isaac's son. Jacob and Esau, the famous two. Jacob goes back to the same family. He goes back to Abraham's family and he actually takes two wives. <laughs> nice guy. Two wives from this family. And let's follow along the story. So come with me to Genesis 29. So we're going to go to Genesis 29. And in Genesis 29, The girls that we realize that the girls are unable to have children. And you'll notice this. The reason I, I say that. Laban tricks Jacob into marrying Leah. Jacob has worked seven years for her sister, Rachel. He doesn't like Leah and he treats her poorly. But he marries her. Then he negotiates with Laban. Laban says, okay, work with me for another seven years and I'll give you the second one. And I'll give you the, the, your second, the, the lady you wanted, Rachel. And he agrees. So he now has two wives. The Bible says in Genesis 29, verse 31. And this is, so I'm going to put this. So Genesis 29, verse 31. And I'll just put, and God saw. And I'm going to explain that. Genesis 29, 21. The Bible says, and when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Now, if it took the Lord to open Rachel's womb, that means the child was under the same family curse. She couldn't have children. But when the Lord saw that there was an injustice being done to her, he intervened. And so, ladies, whoever is out there believing God for children, the third way that God does it is God will see that there is an injustice being done and he will intervene. All right. So God saw. Now we skip forward to the fourth generation. Fourth generation is now Rachel. And come with me to Genesis 30 verse 22. And the Bible says, Rachel is barren. Her sister has five children. She's still praying to God for children. She goes to her husband. Her husband doesn't have an answer. And there's no explanation. There's no explanation as to whether she is, um, whether it's, a sickness, whether it is a physical challenge, whether it's a, there's no explanation. Um, now, the next thing I want to, to see is this, Genesis 30 verse 22. And I will come and I'll close this out. I know where I'm going, but I want, I want, I really pray um, 
I really, really pray that people that are believing God for children and you have been doing so for some time that you receive hope tonight, that God will turn it around. Genesis chapter 30, verse 22, and that's the, that's the last one. So Genesis 30, verse 22, and the Bible says, and God remembered. And I'll put the scripture in there. Genesis 30, verse 22. The Bible says, and God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her and opened her womb. Hear me well. Where was I going with this? Irrespective of whether it is a physical challenge, a spiritual challenge, or even if it's that, if it is an inexplicable reason, inexplicable in its entirety, Acts 10 verse 38 is critical. And Acts 10 verse 38, um, Acts 10 verse 38 is the, the verse I want you to focus on. And the Bible says, and I'll wrap this up. And the Bible says that, for we see Jesus Christ of Nazareth, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. Childlessness is an oppression of the devil. Does God want to heal it? Yes, he does. Can you go to God for healing based upon Jesus Christ's victory? Yes, you can. But I wanted to show you that if there was a specific challenge, like a family challenge, four times when God ran into it for the first time in scripture, childlessness followed a family. Four times, each time, God intervened and the person had children. May that give you hope if you are believing for or you are praying for someone to receive the blessing of children. So irrespective of how it comes in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, healing is available. Please accept it. So that's that's where we realize. Now, there is the case where you say the person may not physically have children, but then the Lord will ensure that children come into your life, either by fostering, by adopting, by marriage, by you taking care of another set of children in your family, by you taking care of children in your vicinity, by you being a mentor. A there are a myriad of ways, but notice, God will get it done. And however they come into your life, then God will be kind, however they come into your life. Okay, so I hope that helps. So irrespective of the source, we know for a fact that when it comes to children, God will make a way. All right. So God will make a way. So I, that was a very, very good question. Great way. Um, great way for us to start. Okay. So we've dealt with that question. Do we have any other questions? I hope that helps. And the one thing I did mention um, that I, that I said I would, I'll show you the cause, the cause for that generation, that family, the cause is found in when Laban is talking. Um, <laughs> um, I'm humbled. When Laban is talking to Jacob and when they're making the covenant, Jacob has left, Laban catches him and the Bible says they are about to swear and Laban swears by something other than the Lord. So you realize there's a strong possibility that a family 
gap had formed because a family had worshipped something other than the Lord. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 30, um, let me get, let me get that right in Exodus 33. Yes, Exodus 33 and Exodus 34, the Lord says at that time where grace was not available, at that time, if someone worshipped something else, the impact was four generational, um, four generational. And so we realize that that's probably what opened the door. However, the door was opened, the Lord healed all in all four cases. So I pray very simply, um, <laughs> I pray very, very simply for um, anyone listening that may God visit, may God hear, may God see, and may God remember you, and may God bless you, bless you, um, bless you with children. Um, the last verse was Exodus 34. <laughs> Um, reading from verses five to seven, Exodus 34, verses five to seven. I hope that helps somebody. All right. Um, I've got another question. Great question. How do you know if you need, when you need deliverance before a blessing can be released to you like a child, for instance? How do you know? Okay. Whenever that this is the beauty of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is come with me to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. And I'm going to read verses 13. Verse 13. And then. Also, I'm going to read John 14, verse 26. So many times we may not know the cause of something, so we don't know what to do. The person who does is the Holy Spirit, and we have a good relationship with him. So John chapter 16, verse 13. Let me read that, and I'm going to read that. I'll read it in the Bible in basic English. John 16, verse 13. The Bible says, however, when he, the spirit of true knowledge, has come, he will be your guide into all true knowledge. For his words will not come from himself, but whatever has come to his hearing, that he will say, and he will make clear to you the things to come. Let me read from 14 to 15. The Bible says, he will give me glory because he will take of what is mine and make it clear to you. This is what Jesus is, Jesus is speaking. Everything which the Father has is mine. That is why I say he will take of what is mine and will make it clear to you. Ladies and gentlemen, whenever you are in a situation where you don't know what to do, the Holy Spirit is your guide. The, but ask him and he will guide you. Okay? He will guide you. Now, how do you know whether or not you need a deliverance? You may not know. But that is why you go into the place of prayer. So one of the beautiful things about the ministry of the Holy Spirit is found in Romans 20, Romans 8. And we're going to have a look. So let me, so Romans 8, and I'm going to have a look at 26 to 28. And Romans 8, 20, uh, yes, let me get up for the Bible. Uh, okay, many, many, many apps open, Romans 8, fantastic, 26 to 28, so when you're in a situation that you don't know what to do, what do you do? Verse 26, and I'm reading from the Bible in basic English, and in the same way, the spirit is a help to our feeble hearts, for we are not able to make prayer to God in the right way, but the spirit puts our desires into words which are not in our power to say. And he who is the searcher of hearts has knowledge of the mind of the spirit because he is making prayers for the saints in agreement with the mind of God. And we are conscious that all things are working together for good to those who have love for God and have been marked out by his purpose. 
Ladies and gentlemen, when you don't know what to do, the Bible says the Holy Spirit will come to your aid. How does he come to your aid? There are a couple of ways. The first one is when you don't know what to pray. So you're facing a challenge and you don't know what to pray about. Then the Bible, this is where the blessing of being able to pray in the spirit with the gift of praying in tongues. So if you don't know what to pray, pray in the spirit. When you're praying in tongues, the Bible says you are praying the perfect will of God. And the Holy Spirit has the ability to pray about things that you have no idea about. And so this is why we encourage in your prayer life, pray in the spirit as much as you can. Well, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, praying in the spirit, make sure you do so because you're praying about what you don't know. So if I'm facing a situation I don't know, or I'm facing a situation, I, I, a challenge I don't know, I can pray in the spirit and I know the Holy Ghost will lead me to a place where I am praying exactly what God wants to hear regarding that issue. That's the first thing. The second thing you realize is when you're praying, when you're spending time with God in his word, the Bible says, notice um, the... The Bible says in Ephesians chapter one, it's one of the things that Paul prays for verse 17, the Bible says, may God give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That means he will reveal to you the truth. And when you have revelation upon a matter, the matter becomes solved. And so that's the second way to pray. So when you don't know what to pray, Ask God for revelation. Let him let me explain what revelation is. Revelation is to reveal, to make clear, to be explained. And so you pray both ways. And this is the beauty. So when you don't know what you're facing, you say, Am I or do I go for deliverance? Do I not? Ask the Holy Spirit first. Pray in the Spirit first. God will answer he will answer you and then ask for direction because the holy spirit is your guide what do i do in this situation and he will answer you in a way that you can be sure that it is his voice so don't worry so god will speak to you in that way great question um okay somehow i knew this would happen the questions are beginning to come in thick and fast and that's when it becomes fun okay oh great question okay how does this apply to people believing God for a life partner, particularly when you've been waiting for many years and start to lose hope? So how does this apply to people when you're believing God for a life partner? So how do you pray? Um, couple of things. One of the first things you must understand is this. Oh, Father, thank you. Let's, let's, let's break this down. The reason I say so is, when you're coming, when you're coming, especially if you're believing, now when I say, let me explain, let me use the term, believing God for a life partner is you're single and you want to be married. Fine. And sometimes you've been single for a long time. How do you pray? Couple of things that I want to mention. The first one is to be assured that you were asking God for a life partner is God's will. Now, why did I say that? The reason I said that is found in 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. 1 John 5, verses 14 and 15. I will turn there. Um, and then I'll take. Okay. The Bible says. Um, I'm going to go into the modern King James. Great. Verses 14 and 15. First um, John 5, sorry, I was in 4. That's why it was a bit weird. Okay, the Bible says this, First John 5, 14 and 15, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So when you now pray, for a life partner, the first thing I want you to realize is it is God's will. The Bible says as long as it's God's will, he will hear you. 
Now, when that means, so when you're praying, the first thing I want you to do is be reassured that God is hearing you. And that means if he's hearing you, he is working it out. So that's the first thing. So God's hearing you. How do you keep your hopes alive while you are walking down the road of believing God for a life partner? Couple of things I would say, and this is key. Turn with me. Um, I'm going to go to one, a couple of famous verses. Proverbs 18, verse 22. Proverbs 18, verse 22. The Bible says, whoever finds a wife finds good and gets favor from Jehovah. So one of the things that you should pray for is favor, that Lord, show me favor. Show me favor. Um, the Bible says, show me favor. That means let God do something for you. Nothing that you've earned. It's just that God literally does you a favor whereby God orders your steps or God makes certain circumstances happen so that you are blessed. So ask for favor. That means, God, I want you to intervene and I want you to give me favor. That means it's not because I've earned it. It's not because I've done anything special. I just want you to make it happen. So pray for favor. The second thing I want you to realize is let's get practical. Let's get practical. And the one thing is this, <clears throat> I'm going to use a, um, a, the reason I went to Proverbs 18.22, the, notice the Bible does not say he who finds a woman, the Bible says he who finds a wife, while you are waiting, live the life God has given you irrespective of whether or not a life partner is present. So maximize your journey with God. Remember, your walk is with the Lord and he's going to guide you through it. And the reason I say so, begin to live. That means maximize where you are. Maximize, take the opportunities. Take the opportunities that are presented to you. Build good friendships. Take opportunities to learn, develop. Take opportunities to worship, serve. Take opportunities to grow in the Lord. Because as you grow in the Lord, it prepares you for what is coming. And so work on, be, pre, be prepared for it. Let the Lord prepare you for what is coming. Um. I'm going to come. So that's a lady's side. I'm going to come to uh, ladies. I'm going to come to your side. Let's, I'll come. I'll come. I'll balance it out. So for men, ask God to find you a wife for favor. I agree. Ladies, the verse applies to you. What do you ask for? You ask that God let me be found. But now let me put that into a practical story. Turn with me to Psalms 37, 23, and then we will go to a practical story. Psalms 37, verse 23. The first thing I'll say is the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by Jehovah and he delights in his way. So let's understand something. Let the Lord order your steps. The reason I said, and this is speaking of men and women, but this is for everybody. Let the Lord order your steps. So build a good relationship with the Holy Ghost and let him work on you. But now let's notice something. So I'm going to go come with me to verse four of Psalms of Psalm 37. The Bible says, delight yourself also in Jehovah and he will give you the desires of your heart. So for every single person, the first relationship that you have to build is with God. And in that relationship, remember, the love of God will prepare you for what's coming next. But now, so let's break it down. Come with me and let's have a look at Genesis. Let's go back into the book of Genesis. And 
I'm going to go to, let me go back. Genesis 24. Two things. And I'll, because of we only have a few minutes, so this is purely for those that are single. Two things I want you to work on. And then the rest, so have hope in prayer. You're praying the will of God. Let the Lord order your steps. Build a good relationship with the Holy Ghost because he's going to guide you. But now practical. First thing is Genesis 24, and I'm going to come to, all right. Genesis 24, and Abraham's servant is looking for a wife for his son. He goes, and the Bible says that, verse 10, and the servant took 10 camels of the camels of his master and departed for all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he rose and he went to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor. And he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, the time that women go out to draw. Now you've got to, this is key. Sometimes, and this is what I'm saying, sometimes put yourself in a place to be found. This is not freaking out. Just put yourself in a place to be found. This is key. The Bible said the servant goes to the well where the women came out to draw. Now the Bible says, and he prays a praise. He says, oh, Jehovah, God of my master Abraham, I pray you send me good speed this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, I stand by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city have come out to draw water. So all the women used to come out together to draw the water. The men used to be taking care of the sheep, the goats, etc., etc. And the Bible says, and let it be that the young woman to whom I shall say, let down your pitcher, please, so that I may drink. And she shall say, drink, and I will give your camels drink also. Let her be the one that you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by itch, I shall know that you have shown kindness to my master. Remember the verse I told you before, let the Lord order your steps. Let's come down. And before he had finished speaking, it happened. Behold, Rebekah came out who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother with her picture upon her shoulder. The young woman was very beautiful to look upon a virgin, neither had any man known her. And she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. And a servant ran to meet her and said, please let me drink a little water of your pitcher. And she said, drink, Lord. And she hurried and let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave a drink to him. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also. And until they have finished drinking. So notice she does something. She acts First, the Lord orders her steps. Second, she has a personality and a character. Okay, a personality and a character that is attractive. She's kind. All right. The next thing she does is she has a very kind and generous heart. And the rest, they say, is history. Now, because I want to balance things out, I've I can see all your questions. Um, you still hold, still, uh, so we're sticking with it. So let's stay practical. So gentlemen, let me flip the script. Come with me to another well. So let's go forward. Okay. Genesis 29. Let's go to Genesis 29. Genesis 29 verse, um, let me, let me go from one. Please notice. And Jacob lifted up his feet and went to the land of the sons of the east. And he looked and behold, a well was in the field. And lo, there were three flocks of sheep lying by it, for they watered the flocks out of the well. And a great stone was on the well's mouth, and all the flocks were gathered there. And they rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the sheep and put the stone again on the well's mouth in its place. So the stone was heavy. And Jacob said to them, my brothers, where are you from? And they said, we are from Haran. And he said to them, do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, we know him. 
And he said to them, is he well? And they said, he is well. And behold, his daughter, Rachel, comes with the sheep. Again, her steps are ordered by the Lord. Please keep this in mind. The Bible then says, and he said, lo, I'm reading the King James. He said, lo, the day is yet nigh. Isn't it time for the gathering of the cattle together, water the sheep and go and feed them? And they said, we cannot until all the flocks have been gathered together. And they rolled the stove from the well's mouth. Then we water the sheep. While he still spoke with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep for she kept them. And it happened when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban's mother, and the sheep of Laban's, his mother's brother, then Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flocks of Laban, his mother's brother. What am I saying? Gentlemen, let me explain. Number one, go where you can be found. Two, go with a character and an attitude that God will cause to be attractive. Notice, ladies and gentlemen, especially those of you that are, ex, are single, miracle, more miracles happen to the kind and the generous than anyone else. Both times, God ordered the steps. Both times, it was an act of kindness that created the process of discovery. Both times. Something to keep in mind. Do um, So keep that in mind. On top of that, remember, it is God's desire for you to be married. So he's going to make it happen. I hope that helps a little bit. Okay. <laughs> I hope that helps a little bit. How do you keep alive when believing God for healing, especially when you believe you are healed and holding on to God's word, but you are, your physical body is in pain? Great question. How do you keep hope alive? <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, so how do you keep how do you keep hope alive? A couple of questions I've, I've got to grab. Let's keep this in mind. How do you keep hope alive when you're in pain? Hope. Let's um, hope and an expectation. How do you keep it alive? We spoke about this and I'll repeat it. Joshua chapter one, verse eight. Joshua chapter one, verse eight. The Bible says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night so that you may be able to observe to do according to all that is written therein. And the Bible then says, then you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. Hope is a spiritual force. When you speak the word of God in your own hearing, it builds an expectation for what you are speaking about. And that is how you keep hope alive. When you are going through a healing challenge where there's a journey, do everything possible to make sure you are saying what you believe as much as you are hearing it and as much as you want to, want to experience it. Now, let me explain this. So let me put this in context. That means, even if it means recording your own voice on tape, if it means say having a set of written confessions that you say finding a section of the bible and saying it over and over again that's one way to keep hope alive second way to keep hope alive is listen to testimonies of what you are looking for philippians 4 verse 8 philippians 4 verse 8 i will read it for clarity The Bible says the following, finally, my brothers, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are right, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is any praise, think on these things. When you constantly put the pictures 
of what you are looking for into your heart, it feeds your hope, especially when you're believing God for healing. And now let me, hopefully, I, I, I really hope what I'm about to say helps. Go, when you're sick, it's very, 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 very difficult to keep it alive. I acknowledge that. But please, this is key. Don't walk the journey alone. This is where friendships and this is where um, support groups are critical. Whether it be a connect group, whether it be a friendship group, whether it be um, one or two or three sisters or brothers who can walk this journey with you, the reason being is you will not all be tired at the same time. Ecclesiastes, let me back that up. Ecclesiastes 4. The Bible says there is one alone and there is not a second. Uh, let me read that in, in the Bible um, in basic English just to get it um, clearer. It is one who is by himself without a second and without a son or a brother, but there is no end to all his work. Let me go to verse nine. The Bible says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their work. And if one has a fall, the other will give him a hand. But unhappy is the man who is by himself because he has no helper. So again, if two are sleeping together, they are warm. But how may one be warm by himself? And two attacked by one would be safe and three cords twisted together are not quickly broken. Do not fight this battle alone, especially when it comes to, um, that is Ecclesiastes 4, reading from verses 9 to verse 12. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12. Um, I'll put that in the chat, 4, 9 to 12. Okay, there's one thing that I want to, um, I want to, I hope that helps. I hope that helps. So if you're believing God for healing, say it and say it. Now, do not get discouraged. So uh, last thing I want to say to that person if, if, who is believing God for healing, keeping hope alive, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. The Bible says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. That means my focus and my confidence to the best of your ability when you're going through pain, let your focus and confidence be on what you have said and what you believe, what you've read from the word of God, rather than the symptoms. And so do not become your own doctor on the internet and say, okay, what do I have? Oh my goodness. No, 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 no. It's focus on what will make the difference. Focus on the word of God, focus on who you are, what you are, focus on the God who will heal. So please keep that in mind, that the focus is we walk by faith and not by sight. The last thing is this, please keep this in mind. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 is this. So let me, let me read that for clarity. I really hope this helps. I want to grab a one or two, one particular question. Okay, First Corinthians 10, verse 13. Let me, I'm on 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. And the Bible says, you have not, you have been put to no test, but such as is common to man. And God is true and will not let any test come on you, which you are not able to undergo, but he will make with the test a way out of it so that you may be able to go through it. How do you pray? Let me read that in the Amplified Bible so it gets a little bit clearer because I just sense that you that this is really important. Um, I'm going to read the Amplified Bible. No temptation, regardless of its source, has overtaken or enticed you that is not common to human experience, nor is any temptation unusual or beyond human experience. But God is faithful to his word. He is compassionate and trustworthy. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to resist. But along with the temptation he has in the past and is now and will always provide the way out as well. So that you will be able to endure it without yielding and will overcome temptation with joy. Let me put it in context. When you are praying, 
do not be afraid to pray for strength. God will either give you a miracle or he will give you strength and that will take you through. And so before, at the end of the meeting, just in the next couple of minutes, I'm going to pray for anybody believing God for healing. And you know what? God will be very kind to us. Um, very, very kind. I hope that helps. Um, so we have a couple of minutes left. Um, okay. All right. I, when we spoke about praying in tongues, um, the, the phrase is thought praying in tongues was a gift. It is. But there are what you have a look at is you'll notice the evidence of the Holy Spirit's presence. Every time you find it in the book of Acts, the evidence of his presence was indicated by praying in tongues. There is a difference between that which is whereby we're praying in tongues and we have the, the blessing of the gift. So we, I, can, I can literally just start praying in tongues. And I can go straight back into English simply because it is the evidence of his presence and it's the first thing that comes. There is a difference as listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, reading from verses 7 down to 11, there is a difference where God wants to give a message in tongues. That gift usually operates when there is somebody with the, um, the associated gift of interpreting messages in tongues. Now that, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit causes to work at his behest. But the blessing of his presence that is given to all you find throughout the book of Acts, whenever the Holy Ghost was baptized or when the baptism came upon people and the evidence of his presence was praying in the spirit. So we realize that is a gift given to everyone. Jesus says in Luke 11 verse 13 that God will give the Holy Spirit to anybody who asks him. So this is where we are baptized in the spirit. The Bible does say in John chapter 4, when you give your life to Christ, you are filled with a measure of the Spirit, sufficient enough in you to take you from where you are to salvation. Those are the three different iterations of the person of the Holy Spirit. But we are speaking about the gift, which is the river that Jesus spoke about in John 7, verses 36 to 38. You find that Jesus said, thy river will come out of you, not a spring. This is a flood and it's given to everybody. So ladies and gentlemen, I just wanted to make sure that if you're believing God for the gift of the, um, the Holy Spirit, pray with the evidence of praying in tongues, it's a gift that is promised through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So please, please reach for that. Okay. Um, I hope that, I hope that helps. A little bit rushed, but I hope that helps. Okay. Um, last thing I want to do, we are, we're out of time. Okay. Two things I want to do. First thing is, ladies and gentlemen, in the chat, we have a feedback form. Can everybody please, um, please fill the feedback form in so we know, um, so that we know what to do, how to help you and how we can make it better for you as much as we've had fun. The second thing I want to do, so that's in the chat, so please click on that. It will only take you a couple of minutes. Fill us in. Let us know your thoughts and we'll go from there. Last thing I want to do is this. Let's pray together for healing. So if there's anybody on the line that is believing God for healing for you or a loved one, let's believe God for a miracle. Because the last four weeks, we've realized that God performs miracles. And so let's pray. And Father Almighty God, we ask in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray together as a family. And Father Almighty God, we pray the prayer of faith in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So if there's anyone, Father, who is ill right now, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that the Bible says that, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we declare you healed. The Bible says, O oh Lord, that in Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5, the Bible says that for surely you have borne our griefs and you've carried our sorrows. 
yet you, we did esteem you stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but you were wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon you and with your stripes, we are healed. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We hold on to Acts chapter 10, verse 38. And Father Almighty God, that Father, let the anointing that rests upon Jesus Christ be manifested by the person of the Holy Spirit, so that Father Almighty God, that the oppression of Satan, whatever form it takes, Father, is lifted off your children. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, let there be an indiscriminate healing anointing that heals your children. Strengthen those that need strength. Heal those that need heal. And Father, we extend this to loved ones. That Father, as we join in faith to pray for loved ones, whatever they are facing, we pray that you heal them. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Father, we thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, for anybody who cannot, who doesn't pray in tongues and would like the baptism of the Holy Spirit, send an email to um, the communications team. We will arrange a class or we'll arrange a Zoom class. We'll go through the scriptures and we will pray and the baptism will happen, even if it's from a distance. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, God bless you. I hope you had a wonderful night. Um, we'll see you next week. Next week, we're going to jump onto um, a different series. We're going to be looking at generosity. So we're looking at for the next four weeks or so, next two or three weeks, we're looking at the subject of generosity. I hope you enjoyed the journey. God bless you, ladies and gentlemen.